It, it was. I've gone down a dark path these past past two episodes. I might need to turn over a new leaf. I don't know. <laughs> I like listening to you try to like crawl your way out of this. Oh no, it's I'm like deep. I can't casual. get in. No, it's too not. deep. Yeah, no. I I mean, I, I'm at the bottom of the well, That's and the walls are too are slick to climb up. I feel. Are it. you at the bottom of a well? I might be. Oh, because of misogyny. Yeah. Yeah. See, I knew it wasn't just me. Yep. I, I had that feeling. My like, wife down and just beats on me during right. the day. I mean, just you have three kids. You don't have bitch. three kids. You have two. Oh, seriously? <laughs> He's into he said, that wait, shit. wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Is that on your OnlyFans? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where can I buy this content? Going up right now. <laughs> right. Dude, I'm I, like all jokes aside, I have never considered an OnlyFans more than I have in like the last week. I was like, listen, uh, I'm not a, like, I don't necessarily hey. think of myself as like an extravagant looking guy, but I was okay. like, I know I could sell, I could sell feet pics. I know I um, can. No. <laughs> you don't have to do that. <laughs> Anybody can sell feet This pics. motherfucker said, mm, 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 no, no. But also, <laughs> why? Because here's my thing. Let me, now. I just, yep, you're not wrong. It's Should great. they is another question. But my question <laughs> to you is out of the household that you live in, there is a attractive female in your house. Why are you resulting to selling your hair? Dude, feet? if I, I, this is, I had to fucking tell somebody, I was talking to a buddy about this the other day and he was like, you know, usually it's the opposite, but I have begged Madison for like two months to start a fucking OnlyFans. I have fucking, <laughs> <laughs> I, I fucking, have I'm we like, all been in that boat at one point in time? Because I'm pretty sure I've said the same thing to Sabrina. I was like, dude, we need a little extra money. You can just like. <laughs> <laughs> and Mad see, Madison's whole thing is Madison is super insecure. And she's like, no, like the fact that I'd have to look at those pictures before I post them. Like, I, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I was like, Madison, no matter what you think about yourself, there is somebody that's attracted to something. Like yeah. you can do anything and make money. Like, honestly, as a woman, you can put up an OnlyFans profile. You can dead ass make your OnlyFans can solely consist of videos of you farting and you'll make fucking money. Yeah. Some ASMR bring in bag. So oh I just don't get it. God. I don't get it. I was like, take take videos of you pissing in a cup for all I care. Somebody's going to buy it. I just want. Can I just it. ask? Let's can we. Let's just not put any of what just happened in the podcast. And then instead, why don't we get Josh to ask us a question to where we can really start? Because all of that was probably the most degenerate shit that's ever happened in the entirety of this podcast. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I don't I think know, so. Austin. I feel like there's been worse. No, like we're just straight up selling our people for fucking money on OnlyFans. <laughs> I mean... I mean it's like that's a pretty bad. It's like a digital right. like modern day pimp. And we were speaking pretty vehemently about it, and you got pretty passionate about the farting into a microphone, so not sure where that stemmed from. <laughs> I but know exactly where that stems from. Regardless, I, like I feel like videos, bro. we should start over and get asked a question. Yes, incredible host, ask us a question. I hope you okay. guys know that this entire thing is going in. Yep, all right. That's fine. And cue, cue the music.
welcome, welcome, welcome. You are listening to Hunting Pixels, the one and only official video game podcast of culture. But I think I said podcast. <laughs> I actually didn't hear that. Did you really? <laughs> I think I did. I <laughs> it, maybe it's the inner Boston in me and the pack. Oh is. yeah, you aren't. Isn't that where you like? Or wait, you like you like Chicago? You nope. fucking Austin. It's oh, one well, of the like, two. I, I mean, Chicago is nice. I, I yeah, here it comes. You went to some Boston, fucking restaurant honestly. and you both loved it. And it no, great. I don't like that restaurant. <laughs> that's a that's a Austin thing. All right, I just feel like you always talk about it like some cultured swine like getting just to go and explore all these fancy places like chicago <laughs> getting their critique their great city food uh yeah i uh, hang on how many places do we eat in chicago i think we oh ate, like, here it comes go ahead three different places <laughs> all the money that you have and i didn't know all the money that kayla has <laughs> and then fucking you keep miami I trips am poor uh, no, yeah I actually I, <laughs> that girl makes bank <laughs> God damn. Um, But she does great work, though. Like, I follow her Instagram page, and every time, like, I can identify immediately who's done the shit. Because everyone posts pictures of their hair when they get their hair done, but I can tell when it's one of her pictures, if that makes sense. It's always something. Yeah, she's uh, she is very good at what she does. I don't know shit about hair, and I know that hers looks good. Yep, her hair looks great. I'm losing mine. Josh, you're beating me a little bit, but I'm close behind you. Uh, I I don't think I'm beating you so much as uh, I've beat everyone <laughs> a billion years. But um, but you rock uh, that shit. I mean, you got that daddy vibe going. You know, the the beard helps, I think. The beard does help. Don't ever fucking shave your uh, <laughs> beard, dude, because then you're going straight to a sex offender's list. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody catches you on the street. Do you have a sex offender sign in your yard? You fucking should. <laughs> Do they have to have signs in their yard? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I knew they had to go on a registry. Go house by house. And you have I- to, like... Tell them like, yours. And I knew the house by house thing. I got that. I didn't know they had to fucking plant a mm-hmm. sign in there. <laughs> yeah. Do they have to identify what kind or is it just sex offender? It's just I think sex it's offender. just sex offender. Oh my god. Could you imagine a fucking biography listed underneath the sex offender <laughs> sign in the first place? Oh my god. I feel like they do Jesus. that for their safety. I have to Jesus. imagine it's for their safety. Oh my god. Well, it's better god, than dude. Florida. There's like a what what is that? There's like a trailer park in Florida that completely consists of uh uh government registered sex offenders. It's like a, is, it's it's like a thing for them where they can go and like quote unquote get help. And from uh it gets other sex offenders. Huh? Who are they getting help from? Um, I, I therapists, I fucking guess. I don't, I don't know. All right, because it just seems weird to live in a community of, you know, yeah, see, that's equally what I'm guilty like, people. I, there was a Netflix documentary that, in my opinion, almost made you kind of like try to sympathize with them because they're like, oh, they get hate crimed every day. And I'm like, as they kind of should. You know, I just need to stop and say that, Josh, I really am sorry because you got as far as hello, everyone, and we're here right now. Yep. So. <laughs> <laughs> We're already talking about sex offenders. <laughs> and it went from beautiful work done by Kayla on hair. Look how quickly we degenerated back we to some bullshit. How did it's that even awful. happen? <laughs> we are the uh, worst kind of people. Anyway, hello, everyone. Really welcome, welcome, welcome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we Well, I mean, we, we have a show. 
I don't know if it's a good one or not. No, it's not going great. It's starting off on a bad fucking foot. There's only downhill from here. Uh, but uh, yeah. Um, uh, where am I at in here? Oh, uh, we're going to be taking a little bit of a of a different tech this week. Uh, we've already started off terribly, and then it's just going to get worse because we're going to piss a lot of people off with our hot takes. Maybe uh, this episode. Um, yeah, we've already crossed yeah. that line. Yep. Uh, we're also going to be talking. Uh, well, I'm going to continue some thoughts about some horror movies that I've been watching, uh, as I am want to do. And uh, and we're also going to be talking about some regularly scheduled games. So uh, all of that and more. I am, of course, your host, the one and only Bebop Man, Josh McMullen. And I am joined by my two co-hosts. Um, I didn't give okay. you guys nicknames this week. Aww. I, I think it's because I didn't know what nicknames to give you. Because, I mean, mm. I could I'm maybe... Wait, maybe, that's usually the common. What in the fuck do you have in quotations? Let me read this. And I'm joined, as always, by my two co-hosts, Dylan Martin and Austin Stevens. Yep. Oh, yep, I read I, Dil- I dyslexied myself because <laughs> I read Dylan Martin and Stevens Austin. And then I was like, did you put our last names as our nicknames? But I, OK, I'm back now. I caught up. You caught you caught it. You, you caught it. I caught up. I did not catch it because if I did, I think it threw me off because my last name was in the quotations and then yeah. his last name was in the quotations. Yeah. I mean, that'll do it. You're doing um, great. We're Yeah. We. If this podcast gets any more off the fucking rails, man, I don't even know what's going to happen. You already know that it's going to. Uh, right. Well, this is a video game podcast, believe it or not. Sometimes. It's it's sometimes a video game podcast. Exactly. We haven't quite decided the format. Oh, Jesus. Well, how are you, how are you guys doing? It's been a uh, well, you can tell. Yeah, I've had a great day, but I don't. I don't know where all this is coming from. To be honest with you, it's coming from our repressed feelings from being beaten. Oh, by by our significant others. That's why. Uh, yeah, that is true. Sometimes they get and they get us all in a room together, and then they just beat us simultaneously. Let's not. <laughs> That's not because you know exactly what you just said. You know exactly what you just said. I didn't until I said it out said. loud. <laughs> and now we're there. <laughs> Well, there you go. That's the whole show in a fucking nut. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Um, so uh, this week I I got in a bunch of stuff, uh, some of which I'm still saving for next week because I have been on quite a kick with uh, watching media, uh, which is awesome for me. Uh, I, I love doing this shit. But uh, anyway, um yeah, so I watched a little documentary called uh, The Last Blockbuster. Uh, this is a documentary from 2020 uh, about, uh, well, as, as you can tell by the name, The Last Blockbuster. So uh, basically what this uh, documentary starts out, or, or presumably, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. What it does is it, basically tells the history of Blockbuster and and kind of like the rise of the VHS tape and all that stuff and then uh continues on with the story of the 
the last blockbuster in existence, which is in Bend, Oregon. Um, and I really loved this documentary. It really took me back, like nostalgia wise. Like I remember blockbusters really vividly and, and video stores in general. And just that feeling of like walking through the aisles and, and like finding that special something in, you know, the video store or what have you. And, um, it just, it took me back to that era. And there were a lot of people in there who were kind of like expounding upon like why video stores were awesome and, and stuff like that. And it really, I don't know, man, it was a huge nostalgia play for me. Like it just, it totally worked because I love the video store or I, I loved, I should say, and I loved VHSs and, and like, I mean, we all know this about me, but I love movies and it just really hit me in, in all the right ways. And, uh, it was actually really informative too. Cause there were a lot of things that I, I actually didn't know. I had always assumed that Netflix was, uh, actually the, um, reason that they had gone out of business and it, that's not really quite it. Uh, cause up until the recession in like 2008, uh, they were actually neck and neck, if not a little bit more successful than Netflix, which is something that I did not fucking know at all. And, uh, turns out that the uh, recession killed people, you know, going out to the, uh, to the old video store, but which is sad. Which is sad, yeah. It is because that's some of the most vivid, yeah, blockbuster Hollywood video, all that stuff around us down here. Mm-hmm. It was so much fun. Um, like that was that was <laughs> those those were the days where I would go in and get. I, I specifically remember Pokemon Stadium, and we would rent it, and then. It, when the time came to return it, it'd be like, oh shit, where'd it go? What the fuck? It, it was here a minute ago. And then you, you <laughs> keep it for a few extra days. Yeah, they had to pay for it. But it, I don't know. It was just fun. I remember going up and down the aisles and looking at all the movies. Josh, specifically from the last podcast, that's where I remember seeing like the fear.com stuff. Like, yeah. And, yeah. And just being absolutely terrified of all that stuff like species. Uh, just those really standing out to me to the point where I remember them now. I've never seen Species, but I, I remember the cover of it and stuff like that. Um, Candyman, all that stuff just jumping out at me. And that's something you can't feel anymore. Like the best thing you can do now is pull up outside of a gas station and order from a red box. And that's not fun because you have the possibility of getting shot. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, you know, I, he's not wrong. <laughs> yeah. That is an accurate statement. I'm sure somebody's been shot getting. Yeah, it's like, hey, you want to f- order Marley and me? Well, fucking guess what, dude? Pow, pow. You know, you thought you were going to go watch a enjoyable movie that's about a cute little puppy. No, you're dead there because you can't go inside of a video store and rent <laughs> your fucking movies anymore. Oh, boy. <laughs> wow. Um,. Yeah, no, uh, that's a hard thing to transition away from. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that uh, you you brought up you know species and stuff like that, and uh, species is actually um, or not species, but uh, blockbuster is uh, kind of the reason that I 
got into horror movies, I guess. I mean, there were other extraneous factors, right? Like I think one of the first movies that I ever saw, um, in like on VHS or whatever was scream. Uh, and like, it just kind of started the whole, like that whole thing for me. Like my parents let me watch horror movies, blah, blah, blah. And then we would like, that was your first one. Uh, I don't think it was my first horror movie. Uh, like I feel like I remember watching the exorcist on TV at a really young age. Um, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, that fucking fucked me up for life. (laughs) Yeah. That's still the scariest goddamn movie to me because of that. Um, fuck. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I also watched, uh, I remember we had Halloween two on VHS, uh, and that's one of my earliest memories of any sort of horror movie. But um, you also brought up the video games. And man, like if we had not gone to like blockbusters and like the the Ingalls video section and and stuff like that, I probably would have never known about games like uh, like parasite eve or dino crisis or uh siphon filter siphon filter yeah yes yeah Yeah, siphon filter was a big one for me like i would have never checked that out had had we not gone into video stores yep stuff like turok and everything like that it was hell yeah it was just a different time man and that's really like i i I I don't really remember like the financial situation as a kid. I'm like I know I had games to play and I had a good bit of them, but it was so much easier and more convenient just to go to the to the video store and rent something and just be able to take it home and play it. And it's something <clears throat> that I would see in like Game Informer. We're not Game Informer back then. It was what Game Pro, I believe. Yeah, Game Pro. Right, and I would see it, and it's like then I'd go into the video store and I you know I would see it there, and it's like oh shit, I can try this and. I could keep a, that's what was so exciting is I'd see something in a in a in a magazine and then I'd be like, all right, let me go and get it. Um, like saying this kind of stuff out loud and how we're reminiscing about it and it being nostalgic. Like, mm-hmm. do you think that you and I, Josh, and I guess even you, Austin, I guess you're pretty close in the age bracket. Like, have we hit the point that our parents hit before us when they were talking about listening to records back in the 70s and stuff and going into record stores? Like, do you think we're there? I mean, yeah, I, yeah. To an extent, I definitely do. Yeah. Um, but I, I, it's just such a weird thing because, like, the uh, I I don't hate streaming stuff. I right. actually yeah. really love it. But the thing is, is people younger than us who have grown up with this shit will never ever get the same feeling of going to a video store, walking down the aisles and having to pick something based on its cover and, and whatever it said on the back of the box, because they can just pick it up on streaming. And if it like, um, like they, they have the description right there at their hands. Does that make sense? Like Mm -hmm. they, they don't have to do any sort of research at all. It's just there. And if you want to watch it, you can watch it. And if you don't want to watch it, you don't have to, that sort of thing. It's just, it's easy now, and yeah. I, I'm not saying it was difficult before when when you had the video store, but it was like it was a totally different experience. Mm-hmm. For sure, I had that moment the other day. My fucking uh, my niece asked me what cassette tapes were. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, like oh, what? <laughs> what? It's like hold uh, on, huh? 
It sucks. You really don't know? Yeah. And she also didn't know what Blockbuster was. Oh, what was the other one? Well, there was another one. It was Blockbuster and what? I feel like there was one Uh, more. I know Blockbuster was the one. Obviously. I don't remember using anything but Blockbuster as a kid. And maybe I'm thinking of like Ingles and shit. Uh, And that makes sense. That was like Ingles I knew about, Blockbuster, Hollywood video. I know yeah. when I was real, when I was like way like there's another younger, one, like early ele- like maybe middle elementary school. I know that there there used to be like a movie store in the mall of Georgia. Uh, there was one right outside of it called Movie Stop. Well, no, there used to be one inside the mall, like way back in the fucking day. It used to be where the uh, it used to be where the Disney store is, if I'm not fucking mistaken. Interesting. And I feel like I remember that being a sort of rental place. I was super fucking young though, so I could be wrong. But I remember me and my me and my mom and my brother would go like every fucking Sunday. And I remember him taking movies and leaving with movies. So I assume that that's what it was, but I don't <coughs> really remember. Hmm. Uh, yeah, the other one I was sure. thinking of was movie gallery. I think I remember movie val- gallery very vaguely. Yeah, apparently they actually bought Hollywood Video, if I read that correctly. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway. Any, yeah. Anyway, we get that was a long tangent. Uh, but yeah, the the documentary is really good. I had a blast watching it. Um, yeah, check it out. It's on Netflix. Uh, Austin, you, you did the wash. Yeah, uh, me and Madison were looking for a movie to watch last night, and we passed by The Wash on Hulu, and she was like, I've never seen that before. And that fucking blew my mind that she has never seen that movie. Have you guys ever seen The Wash? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I had no idea. It sounds like a dance. No, it's, uh, it's, it's, from, it's from 2001, and it's, uh, it's got Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg in it as like the lead roles, and it had a big host of fucking rappers was uh, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, uh, Ludacris, Exhibit, Eminem. I know there's a couple more that were in it, but it's it's just this goofy fucking stoner comedy about these two guys played by Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg that work at a fucking car wash, and the owner of the car wash gets kidnapped by some crazy fucking lunatic who turns out to be the character that Eminem plays, and it's just, it's a wild fucking movie. Um, it it ha- it It's got this really goofy feel to it. Like when somebody falls, it has like a, uh, almost like a sound effect from like a Looney Tunes fucking episode. And it's just, it's wild. I don't have too much to say about it. Cause it's like, it's not really anything. It's just a goofy fucking stoner comedy, but it's a fucking classic. I remember watching that shit back in the day, like every fucking Saturday on MTV with my brother and my cousins. And I'm fucking, I think I watched that movie for the first time when I was in like third or fourth grade. And, it's been funny every time I fucking watch it. And it blew my mind Madison had never seen it. Because that's, like, with me, that's right up there with, like, fucking uh, Friday and How High and movies like that. And she'd never seen any of those. So that's probably oh, what shit. I'm going to be doing for the next few days. Fair enough. I that's, literally yeah. never heard of that. I've never heard of it. but Check it out. It's, it's fucking one hilarious. Of, it's one of those movies I recognize the cover for. If that makes sense, yeah. I do recognize that. But I, I didn't even know it was called The Wash. I just know that cover. I don't know why. Watching Snoop Dogg fuck was weird, though. I don't know. That <laughs> yeah, was, I don't know that about was that strange one. to me. I, I, didn't, I didn't care for that too much. All right. I don't like that, but all right. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. Well, all right, uh, Dylan, you hey. finished Loki. I did. Did Loki. you get a chance to watch any of it, Josh? Uh, I haven't, but I am going to start it uh, this week. Oh, oh okay. So, spoil so maybe by next. No, 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 no. So maybe by next week we can um, talk about it a little more in depth. Yeah, I, I I'm going go- to try uh, to watch both Loki and um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, shit. Yeah, I'd love to okay. talk about that one, too. I want to talk about Loki more in depth then. Um, just some, you know, quick things about it is that it's my, of the three new series it's my favorite one uh hands down um captain uh Falcon, whatever and uh, winter soldier that one was great um truly i loved everything that one did and wandavision was so unique in the style that it was presented in that it slates itself as something fantastic too but of the three this one to me truly set up so much of what's to come and what's to come very soon and that's what I like. Um, I like that it. Mm, nope, that's a spoiler. I like <laughs> what it does in the ending. I will say that. Um, but I, I won't say too much about it. Josh or not Josh, but Austin, did you watch the finale a second time? Uh, I haven't watched it a second time yet. No. Okay. Oh, wait. Because yeah, I, did. I just also fell asleep the second time. But yeah, I, oh, I watched just, it. Okay. So it probably didn't change your opinion <laughs> on it much. No, I. <sighs> My opinion's still kind of the same. Um, I, I mean, I liked the finale. To me, it was a little underwhelming, but I think that's because I've gotten used to the MCU's tropes and how the finale of everything is just this big, climactic, CGI effect-filled fight scene, and that's not here, which is... Right. I, I mean, it's a good thing, and but to people who are used to that... It's kind of like, oh, I, I expected some wild, crazy shit, and that's just not what happened. Right, and I I don't want that to, like, dissuade you from anything, Josh. Like, it's it's not not exciting whatsoever, but it's, it's kind of like the WandaVision finale. I mean, no, because even that one was pretty fucking climatic. It was, it was still a good finale. Yeah, it was it, like it, the vision still, yeah. side of, like, the Battle of Wits type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was still very good. You just had to think about that episode yes. a little more. But it still hit me on some other levels that I would like to talk about next week if you can make it that far. But if not, um, yeah, it was fantastic. And I'm very excited to see where we go from here. So that's it, Josh. You got till next week. If you haven't seen it, we're just going <laughs> to. <laughs> no, that's awful. That's fucking Lay terrible. Well, I think, okay, uh, I don't want to like put, put this down like too big of a, a thing, but, um, I think that I read somewhere uh, this might be a spoiler. So, uh, do I poten- react? Pot- potentially, potentially, uh, like skip ahead like a couple of minutes. Yeah. Um, well, do you want me to tell you if it's true or not? If you read it or tell me? Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't really care uh, because okay. I'm I'm going to watch it, and I genuinely don't feel like. Uh, spoilers are necessarily a bad thing. Uh, they okay. can ruin things, but they're not necessarily bad. Uh, but I read that there are multiple Lokis. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of the whole... That's actually like episode one. You see a uh, whole fucking host yeah. of them. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. So, all right, well then that's... But okay. it, it all culminates into a pretty fantastic story. Um <clears throat> And Which, yeah, it's fucking awesome. I don't know. 
uh, fucking talking about spoilers real quick. I don't know if this oh. drives anybody Uh-oh. else fucking insane, but it because it seems like the MCU is the goddamn worst about this. Like the day the day the finale dropped, I hadn't had time to watch it yet because I've been at work. Like I'm sure fucking most people had, and literally from like six a.m. when I fucking woke up and was first looking at my phone that day. Like, uh, there were already companies that were doing uh, collaborations with Marvel, like Funko doing their new pop line that had fucking spoiler after spoiler of fucking character drop. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, like, y'all oh. literally wait till the episode goes up. And then you're like, I think okay, I here's all this see fucking that. merchandise. I think I saw the Funko shit. You're not wrong. That was pretty. I didn't even think about it in that regard. And I'm just like, damn, like, y'all, because they, they did the same thing with Falcon and Winter Soldier. They released yeah. a toy. They released toys in stores like two weeks before the show wrapped up that had Sam in the fucking Captain America costume. Oh, hey, Josh. Did you know that happened? Uh, I oh, actually yeah, I didn't think was not that. paying attention at all to what he just okay. said. Okay. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> you have to listen to the fucking podcast, though, damn it. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, it's fine. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, all this is perfectly fine. Yeah. Just skip over this part. Oh, this whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, spoilers over. Spoilers over. Um, and now we can get to uh, my next thing, uh, which I was pick. a Quiet Place Part Two. Uh, we went I was and saw pick. this. Oh yeah. Yeah. I uh, wanted. Go ahead. I loved the first one okay. so much. Did you like the first one? I loved the first one. Uh, okay, it was one of my God. favorite movies of 2018. Oh, we talked about this one day. I think it was Black Friday or some shit. I don't know. We Probably, talked about yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, cool. I'm just making sure so I can get a good foundation of whether I need to see this or not. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I went into this one without having seen the, the first one recently, but I still remember it pretty vividly, right? Right. Um, and so I feel like. I need to see this one again with with uh, maybe like a as best as I can a, a new, I don't want to say that I prejudged it because I loved the first one so much, but I think I kind of did. Like I kind of went in say like expecting it to not be as good, and because of that, it wasn't as good. But it was still like a, a, a really solid movie, like a, a solid seven out of 10 sort of thing. Like, I don't feel like it did anything especially spectacular except for one thing that I'll, that I'll get to in, in a minute. But, um, it just, it almost kind of felt like more of the same. And when you think about movies that are like really great sequels, uh, and this is something I'll get into when I start talking about Fear Street. Uh, when you think about really great sequels, they work as like a partner piece to the original, but they stand on their own. And I think this one does that, but like this is like an alien to aliens for me, where I think A Quiet Place Part One is alien. I think it is an excellent piece of filmmaking that is virtually perfect, right? Uh, it, I mean, fuck, Alien might actually be perfect. But Aliens is also really good. It's just not the same. It's not nearly on the same level as that first movie. 
And I think that that's what this one is to me. I think that the writing here is pretty solid, but it almost borrows a little bit too much from the first one. Like, uh, so you know that Killian Murphy is in this one, right? Right. Okay. So is it Killian or Cillian? It might be Cillian. Oh, uh, I, I, I always was, thought I, it was Killian cause I think he's Scottish. Oh, I gotcha. Oh, okay. Um, or maybe he's Welsh. I don't fucking know. He's, <laughs> he's, he's some sort of like UK or, <laughs> Oh God! But uh, so he—he's <laughs> kind of the stand-in for John Krasinski in this movie. I don't think that that's really a big spoiler. Uh, I no, mean, it might yeah. be, but and and he does kind of a lot of the same stuff that Krasinski did in the first movie, playing like the savior role, so to speak. Yeah, and, and that's fine, but I was kind of hoping that there would be a little bit more. And, I mean, to an extent there is. Like, this movie I really feel like is about uh, courage and finding courage in the in the face of adversity. Um, and it... The only problem is, is that his character kind of doesn't... I don't know. It doesn't fit that mold. And it it almost feels like the ending to his, his story arc is just kind of like thrown together real quick. If that makes sense. Um, everybody else is really great. Uh, well, I mean, everybody's really great in this movie. Uh, but it just, I don't know. It doesn't click for me the way that the first one did. Um, I think that the filmmaking is really strong. I especially think that the sound design in here is really great. I think that the first movie won the sound editing Oscar, uh, in 2019. This one should win. Oh, well, I mean, I, I don't know because I haven't seen all the other movies that'll be nominated, but based on everything that I have seen so far, right, this is the best sound design of any movie I've seen this year. Uh, I, I don't know. It's really, really great. Um, there's a sequence at the beginning of this movie that I kind of, I kind of wish weren't there, uh, because I feel like it kind of takes away a little bit from the overall experience, but overall, I think this movie is really, really good. Like, like I said, it's a solid seven maybe maybe even eight out of ten right like it's it's in that range of like really solid really good movies i just don't think it's as good as the first one and maybe i'll need to rewatch it to get a um uh like a more clear picture or what have you um but Overall, I think it's worth the time to go see it in theaters, or if you have it, uh, the Paramount Plus, uh, it's it's on there. Yeah, uh, that's what I was going to ask you if it's on a streaming service. Of, uh, if anything, you actually made me want to see it more. I'm I'm genuinely more curious now. I love the first one so much. I cannot express that enough. We had a great time. Um, I think it's cool. What it's just cool how the movie's even made like John Krasinski and what Emily Blunt, like they're married. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like it's so cool to have that dynamic going into it, but then 
you know I love The Office so much, but seeing him in another role, like, he can fucking act, you know? Like, he's a pretty great actor, and yeah. he directed it too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, yeah, this one he actually, he directed and is the sole writer on the movie. Last The last one, it was him and two other guys. That's just crazy, because he did so well with it. Um, you mean the first one he was the sole writer? No, the the second one he okay he's the sole writer. Well, even still, like you just how you described it made it sound like it's still great. So that's what I, I'm excited about is to see he's not in it at all. I don't guess you can answer that because that'd be a huge spoiler if he is in it. But um, he's still uh, this is his second directorial debut. Is that right? Uh, yep. Yeah, I'm pretty positive. He may have directed like some episodes of The Office or something like that, but oh, I'm I'm relatively positive that this is only his second uh, like big directing thing. So, did the filmography overall improve from the first one, or is it still like? Uh, I I think it's still shot really competently and lit really well. There's one scene that takes place at night that is really stunningly lit. Uh, and actually there's a, there's a little, like, I think it's maybe like 30 seconds, but there's this one shot leading into that night sequence that I think is gorgeous, but it's gorgeous because I like that sort of stuff. Like it's just silhouettes against like this really beautifully colored background. Right. Um, and I, I love that kind of shit. Well, that's what's, that's what I just, the fact that all this, you know, culminates outside of it, like him being a director coming from something like the office, the fact that the two were married in the first place. And then like they're playing that couple in the first movie. It's like, there was such a cool dynamic outsider surrounding the movie that I love. So I'm excited to see this one. Um, is, do you know how much the streaming service is Paramount plus? Uh, I'm not sure. I remember signing up for it during football season when it was still, uh, CBS all access or whatever. So I could watch football. And, um, I just forgot about it. (laughs) So it's like, I have such little time to go to a theater that if I could just get the streaming service, it would probably be, uh, let me see. Paramount plus, uh, their plans start at four 99 a month. That's probably with ads, but there's a free trial apparently. Um, damn. Okay. Just, just to watch it alone. Be pretty cool. Okay. It's happening. It's happening. Um Austin. Yes. Violet Evergarden. Yeah. Um I, I don't have too much to say about it because I, I only watched like the first two episodes. Me and Madison started it uh last night after we watched the wash. Um it's a Netflix exclusive uh or Netflix original anime. And uh before I say anything else about this, the the animation in the show is fucking flawless. I mean, the the attention to detail on every single character and, like, the world around them, like, the attention to the tiniest fucking detail is so good. Uh, I looked it up. Apparently, this show has actually won uh, a few awards for its animation. Like, I think in 2019, it got, like, the Crunchyroll, like, Best Animation Award or something like that. Um, but the animation is fucking jaw dropping gorgeous. I I could stare at it for fucking days. It's so good. Um, but I, the story is kind of like, it's 
very unique, and I, I feel like it's setting up to be pretty depressing. And I don't know if I can take another depressing show like that. Um, it, it starts out with... Uh, uh, it's about a, a young woman named Violet, and she was she was rescued by by a soldier uh, after after ruthlessly killing a group of men who were trying to sexually assault her. It just picks up right from fucking there. Um, she ends up going off with the soldier and kind of working under him, and then it, there's there's a whole scene of her ruthlessly uh, demolishing other soldiers. And the the guy that she was with ends up getting in some kind of accident. She wakes up in a hospital. Uh, she has mechanical arms that still haven't been explained. They, she just kind of woke up, took her bandages off, and boom, robot arms. Um, <laughs> but she ends up working. By the end of the first episode, she's working with a company that lets her uh, write letters for people who don't know how to read or write. Like if they want to send a letter to a loved one that's far away, like they come to her and she like writes them out for her because she feels like she feels like doing that will help her understand her own internal feelings, I guess. I it there was there was a lot thrown at you in like the first two episodes that I'm just kinda like, oh shit, I need to keep watching to kind of build all these pieces together and understand what the fuck is going on here. But it it's unique. It's super fucking unique. It's super interesting and I'm I'm excited to keep watching it. I'll probably watch some more of it tonight. So yeah. It, that's all I've got to say about it because that's that's as far as I am in. Okay. This yeah, will probably I've... be the uh, uh, um, if we if we move forward with that other idea, this will honestly probably be the last anime I talk about on this show because I'll just move everything over there. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, that's uh, definitely something that's uh, in the works. We'll say. Yep. We'll figure it out. Um. Yeah, I, I have seen the trailer for this several times, and every time I see the trailer for it, I'm like, this looks beautiful, yeah. but I will n- probably never watch this. Yeah, I it's I, I didn't really care for the first two episodes. Like, I thought it was interesting, but there's something that's still, like, not really grabbing me. Um, it is only 13 episodes, so I'm like, I could literally crank that out in a fucking day. So I might just go ahead and do that and see if I enjoy it anymore by the end of it. Yeah. Hey, why not? Fuck it. Um, all right. Uh, that brings us to Dylan. What is the 100 foot hey. wave? I was like, uh, Dylan a, has more stuff this week. I know. I actually watched this last wow. night and it just made it to the list. Uh, <laughs> Cause I forgot about it, but it was fantastic. It's on HBO max and it's, uh, it's, I guess, like a biographical series following Grant McNamara, who's a like a big wave surfer, um, trying to find a 100-foot wave to surf, essentially. But oh, this is a guy shit. who's, yeah, truly, this is a guy that's made history before. Like, he was kind of in the scene when toe surfing became a thing, which is, you know, normally if you think of a surfer, they're p- paddling out on their board, they're catching a wave, they're riding in. But toe surfing, they go out further on a jet ski so they can find those big waves and they kind of start to get pulled by the, um, the jet ski. And then they kind of imagine like a wakeboarder, right? Like that's how they start their surf. And then they get pulled into the wave and they're riding these gigantic waves. So it kind of, he was there when this became bigger and he has a 78 foot wave under his belt already. So now this documentary series is 
the first episode is uh, the only one that's out so far. It's going to have six series, but the first episode covers essentially what he's done so far, kind of the history of what toe surfing is and kind of setting up for this six part adventure showing maybe him finding that 100 foot wave. I don't know. Um, cause it's still going, this is a very new thing that just happened, but it's a beautifully shot series. Like the, most of it's taking place over in Portugal, but then it shows, uh, bits and pieces from Hawaii and, uh, like Ireland and stuff like that. So it's really cool to watch. And all of this is within the first ev- episode and it's, fucking fantastic you don't even have to like surfing to appreciate what this is doing yeah that's awesome uh you said it takes place partially in like portugal and and ireland Um, yeah what is what is like the deal with that Uh, so it's just places that these guys have gone and surfed gigantic waves like i know it doesn't sound like a place where you would think gigantic waves like that exist but that's kind of what they talk about it's like when you think of big waves you think of hawaii pretty quickly but you do not think of ireland and they have monstrous like 60 foot waves over there and then portugal is the place where that uh 78 foot wave happened and it's a place that he kind of discovered because one of he like it's just a crazy story man like someone who lives in portugal like just was in awe of the waves essentially one day and he was like what can i do with this information and he found grant mcnamara of all fucking people a big wave surfer from the states and sent him like this information and then grant mcnamara has been living there for years like over a decade just studying the place and just being backed by the government to do this to start big wave surfing over there it's crazy and all of this is within the first hour of the first episode damn Damn. i'm gonna have to check that out that sounds crazy interesting yeah, it's super cool, man. I can't wait. Like, this is something that I'm now actively addicted to. And it's something I could go back and watch the first episode and have just as much of a fun time watching it again because you're learning almost every second about something. Even if it's like the history of surfing, it's still cool as shit because it's really soothing to watch in itself because you're always being entertained by what you're seeing on the screen. Awesome. Awesome. I will I will have to check that out. Where, where did you say yeah. it was on? It, HBO Max. HBO Max. Okay. Yep. That will definitely be something that uh, I am checking out for sure. Um, well, all right then. Uh, let's get to my last thing. I finished up Fear Street. Um, I, I almost kind of don't know where to begin. So, uh, I... You guys know this about me. I love pretty much all kinds of horror movies, even the even the quote unquote bad ones. Right. Like I um, I'll watch just about anything. And uh, so the first movie, I don't want to say it put me off because that's just not true. It, it didn't put me off. Uh, I thought it was fine. Um, like like maybe six out of ten sort of thing. Um, I sorry to keep putting review scores on this stuff, <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, it it did it had a nice setup that like put me in the mood for okay, so they're gonna do more of these. Um, I I need to be prepared, you know that that sort of thing. And then seventy eight comes out, and seventy eight uh like 
so I was under the impression that most of this stuff was going to be like uh, standalone films with maybe like a little wrap up wrap around similar to like how um, like creep show had like a wrap around or something like that, if that makes sense. And so that is kind of the case, but also kind of isn't. Um, so there are scenes at the end of both of these movies that wrap right back to 1994 and they have like, like it's not just like a scene. It's like more like a full on sequence where like you have like a solid 10 or 15 minutes at the end of each installment that um, is dedicated just to 1994, which is, I think fine. If we'll get to this later is, is my biggest complaint. Um, but I think that it's, it's fine if you're doing like a series, but this isn't a series. These are, these are movies. And what I said earlier about, you know, like a good sequel has like, like, uh, like it expounds upon the, the first one but tells its own tale sort of thing, I think is really my big sticking point. I like both of these movies. I think that 78 is my favorite. And part of that is probably because it's uh, a sort of like, it's a real throwback to like 80 slashers with like a Friday the 13th type feel or a, um, uh, <sighs> like Sleepaway Camp or something like that, right? Mm. So I, I have a soft spot for those movies, and it like this one just really worked for me because of that. Um, it also has... I don't want to say maybe... I, I definitely don't want to say the the strongest filmmaking because I, I actually think that that's part three, the 1666, but it feels more confident than the first one did which uh, was awesome for me because I was, I, I mean, one of the, one of the things that I didn't like about the, the first one is that it felt like it cribbed a lot of stuff from older properties. Like there was a, a, a very overt um, scream reference and, and I, not even like, like in the filmmaking itself, but in the music of, of 1994, like it just felt like, okay, like, I got it. You stole this from Wes Craven. Good job. Whereas these, you can definitely see the influences. Like there's a lot of stuff in 78. That's like Stephen King or like this shot is taken directly from, you know, Friday the 13th, that, that sort of thing. Right. But it's never like shoved in your face. Kind of the way that the, the stuff from 1994 was. Um, I still think that this stuff is really like ov overly produced. Like the end of 1666 has three needle drops in the span of probably two minutes. And I feel like that's, 
just a little bit overkill. You, you, you probably don't need to do that, especially when two of those needle drops are from the same fucking band. Um, so my biggest complaint, I, I genuinely f- think that instead of making three movies, they should have just made this into a series because 1666, which has, like I said, probably the strongest filmmaking of all three entries. Uh, it ends the, 1666 part of the story an hour in and then you have another hour where it goes back to 1994 and there's even a title card that says 1994 part two and I just kind of think that that's dumb I kind of feel like they should have just made this a series made make this a I mean it was a total of around six hours. So make this like a, maybe eight part series with maybe 40 minute episodes or whatever. And, and you're, and you're golden, right? I'm, I feel like I'm bashing this almost too hard because I do like, I, I liked both of these movies. I, I need to be a little, I guess a little more clear. I, I think that the acting was a lot more well-rounded and better this go-round than it was in 1994, which I thought 1994 was kind of, uh, meh. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't great. Um, and, and a lot of the stuff here is, is awesome. I especially really like the music in all of these entries. I think that the music in 1666 is, is probably my favorite, but it's, um, it's all, all really good, but they really, really, really should have made this into just a Netflix original series with eight 40 ish minute episodes and just called it fear street because I feel like what happens with the whole, like having your 1994 story be a wraparound it ends up making the other movies feel like they're not their own thing when they totally should be. And that bothers the hell out of me as someone who like consumes movies on a regular basis and consumes TV on a regular basis. This kind of shit to me is like basic. Like this is stuff that like you should know better if you're doing this. And these people didn't seem to know better. Um, overall, I think both of these movies are really good. Like I said, uh, I especially love 78. I I really think that it's the best of the trilogy, uh, and it is worth your time. Uh, I think the whole series is worth your time, but it just kind of sucks, uh, that, that people didn't have the foresight to think uh maybe maybe we should do this as a series as opposed to like mcu style movie making you know yeah but uh yeah it is what it is um yeah all right let's uh i guess move into our topic of the show so boys everyone has opinions uh the 
the the famous quote goes something like opinions are like assholes i think yeah some, uh well that said some opinions are seen as controversial and and by some people even flat out wrong and uh today we're going to be expressing some of those opinions for uh for the listeners entertainment um i do want to put this out as like a uh a full-on disclaimer this topic is definitely meant to be in good fun uh and we're in no way saying that if you have the opposing viewpoint of what we have that your viewpoint is wrong uh more so that this is like you less I I don't know if we like you less, but uh, this is this is how we feel on these topics, um, and uh, your opinions are still very much valid. So um, that said, let's get started. Hell yeah! Um, I'll start with uh one that I think uh. At least one person here is going to be very upset about. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. 3D Zelda games are overrated, and the purest form of Zelda uh, is 2D Zelda. Wrong. <laughs> I mean, no. Uh- Change my mind. <laughs> this is where that meme comes into play. Josh just kicked his feet up on the table. He's like, change my fucking mind right now. <laughs> I'm uh, Okay, so I feel like I can't really argue that because the only 2D Zelda game I have ever played is Zelda 2. So I don't think I can, I can reasonably argue that. However, I do hate Zelda 2. I do not think that game is fun, even for its time. I think it's very bad. Um, but I mean, I, I haven't gotten the chance to play Oracle of ages or, or seasons. And everyone tells me that those games are absolute fucking masterpieces. So you could be right. Th- those are, are probably my favorite Zeldas. Uh, I, I mean, it's either that or like, say that honestly, past. really? Yeah. I always, I always hear either those two or if people prefer the 3d fucking, uh, Majora's mask, those are always the three that I hear thrown up as the best Zelda games. Yeah. Um, I listen. I have absolutely nothing against the 3D Zelda games, mm-hmm. like at all. I actually like several of them. Like I think that uh, Majora's Mask is awesome. Um, Breath of the Wild, I think, is excellent. Uh, my thing is, I don't feel like. The 3D games really get what makes Zelda mm-hmm. good, <laughs> or, or, or the the original Zeldas, if that makes yeah. sense. No, I, I feel like th- when when you switch to 3D, there there are concessions that you have to make um, in in bringing the 2d games into that space, right? Like Mm -hmm. with, with like locking on and, um, like other, (laughs) other things, dude. Like, I feel like when you play the original Zelda's part, part of the, the fun 
is figuring out the puzzle of like, so you see this enemy is here, this enemy is here. You've got to get here. How do you get around it? Mm-hmm. But in the 3D space, enemies can be like, I remember in, I think it's Ocarina. There's yeah. this one dungeon near the very beginning of the game where there are like spiders that fall from like all kinds of different angles. Yeah. The and, tree. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and you totally get fucked by it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, you do. And it's not, it's not fun. Mm-hmm. And like, th- I also kind of feel like, be- and, and this kind of, I, I think has been solved a little bit more as the 3d Zeldas have gone on because technology has gotten better. But like, I also kind of feel like every area of Zelda is like, I hate to say this, but is like a level. Yeah. And when you play those old Zelda games, they are about exploration and they are more or less open world. And Mm -hmm. I don't feel like any Zelda has really nailed that feeling up until Breath of the Wild. I, Mm. I think Breath of the Wild actually really fucking nails old school Zelda design in a 3D space. That's fair. I can see where you're coming from with that and I can respect that. So how do you feel about Link's Awakening? Uh, Link's Awakening. Was that the Game Boy one? Yeah, that this was w- the, 3D, the 3DS, the Switch remake. Yeah, the Switch remake is specifically what I'm talking about. Like, in that graphic style and that, because it's still that top-down style, but it's in modern graphics. Like, how do you feel about that? So I, I think that that is totally fine, because I don't think that they did enough to make it a... 3ds game does that or, or not a 3ds game make it a 3d game does that yeah. make sense yeah. yeah 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 for sure they kind of just gave it a new coat of paint yeah but it still plays how the but it's fucking beautiful it is yeah. a very pretty game oh show very pretty game so out of out of the 3d games what would you say is your favorite zelda game um, I mean, I'm pretty sure I've asked you this before and you said some stupid shit like Wind Waker or something. <laughs> I really do like Wind Waker. Uh, Wind Waker is the, is probably the second closest in, in kind of good. feeling that old, old sort of Zelda feel because I mean, everybody complains about the fucking sailing. I love the sailing. Yeah. I didn't really have an issue with it, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, if, if I had to name one, it would probably be Breath of the Wild. That's, um, that's but, also what I say, and people want to crucify me for that. So. I also really think that Majora's Mask is awesome, uh, but that's because Majora's Mask is fucking like spooky. Well, I don't even say spooky. It's just the story of Majora's Mask is what that game is about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I don't. Yeah. When I play Majora's Mask, my feel, my, like my my memories aren't about the gameplay of Majora's Mask. Which I mean, it that definitely plays a part into it. You know, the mechanic of like having to go back in time and and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like Majora's Mask definitely has gameplay things that I remember, but it's the story of Majora's Mask and the kind of like memories of the sequences that I have in Majora's Mask that are the things that stick with me. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, come at me or don't. I don't really care. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I don't 
don't know. I feel like... No, never mind. That's still... Yeah, that is a pretty hot take, I guess. Because I, I deadass, other than you and, like, maybe Tawny, I, I have not heard anybody else talk about 2D Zelda in a long time. Yeah, it will... I, like, again, I... I grew up with those. So they are the ones that like feel the best to me. That's fair. Um, so, I mean, a lot of people didn't get into Zelda until like the 64 in Ocarina. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's fine. You love those games. Cool. I just happen to think that they're not great. (laughs) If they like, if they, I, I guess I could, I probably already know the answer to this one, but if they took a 2D Zelda game and remade it, uh, which one would you probably want that to be? Uh, remade it, I, and I say remade in like the similar sense that they did with Link's Awakening, where it's still that top-down style, just in modern graphics. Um, I don't really know if I would want that, because I feel like That's part, part, of the part of the charm of those old games is that, mm. is that they're old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they they could have just done a, a, a like a little port bundle, but no, Zelda gets shafted. Yeah. Well, Nintendo said, "Fuck that elf boy." Poor Zelda fans, so mad. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, if I had to choose one, I I really want to see Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons come back. I love those two games. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure that those two made it onto my my all time favorite games. I remember that. I, I I love those games. I I really like those are some of my fondest fucking memories. Like riding in the car with my Game Boy Color and and playing those. I I adore those games. Yeah. But eh, eh, eh. Uh, there's actually so I I feel like I did a, a pretty bad job of explaining this. Um, but there's a there's a video that I don't really remember who it's by, uh, ex- but they my r- memory of the video is this guy explaining the difference between 3D Zeldas and 2D Zeldas and what makes what what, mm-hmm. and it's a very good video. And if I can find it, I'll I'll like link it out. He does a way better job than I ever could of expressing why that is, but. Anyway, uh, Austin. Yes. Oh, one of my opinions. Yeah, that's give me give me one of your opinions. <laughs> um, which one do I want to go with first? Uh, I'll do the Animal Crossing one. Uh, Animal Crossing was fun for like two hours, <laughs> and like I just I don't get it. I don't. I I've always so. Animal Crossing New Horizons was my first time ever touching that franchise despite being super into Nintendo for fucking ever. That's the Switch one, right? Yeah. Okay. And I just, dude, I don't get it, man. I tried. Like, I, my wife was playing it, and out of no, within no fucking time at all, she was 300 plus hours deep, and I still had like four and a half on my save file. Like, I just, I, I understand, like, I understand the the cultural significance of of Animal Crossing New Horizons, which is a sentence that I never thought I would I would ever say about anything like that. Um, but I, you know, you, you saw all the viral shit on uh, last year during COVID. Like entire high school classes were having like their graduations on Animal Crossing. They were having their proms on Animal Crossing. People in lockdown were going on dates on Animal Crossing, and like all that cute wholesome shit during the pandemic. But like past the pandemic. 
that's all it was. Like, I just, I, I wholeheartedly feel like that if that game had not come out when it did, it would not have done anywhere near as fucking well as it did. I, I, I can't get into it. I don't see the fucking appeal behind it. To me, it's just, it's just very boring and monotonous. Like, it, it, even if I did continue to play it, it's something I would play for, like, 30 minutes just to check on my town and, like, maybe get a few resources here and there. But other than that, I just don't see the fucking draw to it at all. It's just not there for me. I see, like, yeah, it came out at the perfect storm. Um, like, COVID happened, and then it released, and then everyone fucking played it. It was also my first experience with the franchise. Um, yeah. But... I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. Now, I will say that since I've stopped playing it, I've not gone back to it. Um, there's been a lot of games and stuff like that. If I had the opportunity, like we just got a brand new 70-inch TV, so Animal Crossing might be kind of cool to play on that. But it's something that for that time period, maybe it was COVID, maybe it was the game. I don't know. But I had a fantastic time with it because it was something that I could check on every day, but the more I played it, the longer I could play, like for the first couple of days, like things take place in real time. So you can't really get far. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot you can like repetitively do in your first few days and that's fine. But for this game to open up more, you have to put more time into it. And as that began to happen, that's when I began to get latched on. That's when I began to actually care about the villagers that I'm, you know, bringing into the island. I'm caring because I was playing alongside of Sabrina at the same time. So seeing what she was doing because she had played the franchise before. This mm -hmm. this was one of her like legacy franchises, whereas mine is like something like Pokemon. Hers was Animal Crossing. And so she already knew a lot of what to do. She was my resource of information and seeing how she was playing it's like damn i kind of want to play like that too like her island was looking pretty fucking spiffy and stuff like that so yeah it was something along the lines of i like the creativity that it gave you because it felt like stardew valley mixed with minecraft to me and that was pretty fucking awesome and i know all the features that they have in this one were not in past franchises but it was something that really latched like I latched onto because I'm a huge Minecraft fan. Um, and I love the customization that you could do with it. And obviously I know it's a fucking meme at this point, but the fishing kept me busy for goddamn hours, dude. Um, <laughs> like that's all I did. And yeah. the cool thing is, is that there was a museum that I could fill up with the fish that I was catching. And I was working towards that too. There was like an end goal. I wanted to fill up the museum. Um, and then they added the summer update where you could swim and shit. And then they have all these events going on during the season, or at least they did up until this year. Um, that was really cool too. So just on the flip side of that, like that's why I had a draw to it. Like it, it just kind of called me, but you know, I like Stardew, you know, yeah. I like Minecraft. So this is something that it's like, wow, this is right up my alley. And it was for the time. And I think I dropped 50 to 60 hours into it. I think maybe more, I'm not sure. Um, but it was something I did enjoy for that time period. Did you play it at all, Josh? Yeah. Yeah. I, I played it for a solid, like three months i got really invested in the fucking stock market yeah <laughs> like i loved that shit dude um yeah i i mean like i said before your opinions are are valid or whatever you're wrong um, <laughs> <laughs> i just i i don't know man and for me, it's kind of the same thing as Minecraft. I am not at all saying Minecraft is a bad game, and I do sit down and enjoy a couple hours of Minecraft from time to fucking time. But, like, it, I don't know. It's just the whole, like, how, how people kind of 
took Animal Crossing and then like kind of made it their entire personality. <laughs> and I was like, uh, <laughs> every day for like six straight months. Like there's a guy I work with, dude. This man is fucking in his early fucking forties. And every day I come into work, he asks me about Animal Crossing. And I'm like, TJ, I have told you I have not touched that game in nine fucking months. Stop asking me about my goddamn turnips. <laughs> and he just keeps going. And it's it, like it's it's stuff like that. That's like, God damn it. Now I just really fucking hate that game. Um, but I, I do appreciate the game for for what it what it did do, especially during COVID. And I, I do kind of feel bad for the Animal Crossing community because it kind of seems like Nintendo's already forgotten about that. Yeah. It kind of seems like Nintendo's like, yeah, Animal Crossing, that was last year. Move on, bitch. Yeah, it's old Horizons. It's not new Horizons anymore. (laughs) 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 But I I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll go back to it, but odds are probably not. So here's here's the only thing I will say in in your favor. Uh, You are 100% correct that, um, like, or, well, I think Dylan actually said this. (laughs) I haven't gone back to that game since I stopped playing it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that if I go back, my my island is overrun <laughs> with everything and that my villagers are all Everyone's dead. fucking gone. <laughs> the island is just on fire. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's one of those games where, like, if you're not just con- – even if you're just checking it every day for 30 minutes, if it's not something you constantly do, like the moment you finally drop it for an extended period of time, like that's it. You're not going back to it. Yeah. You know uh, what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I think I think that is 100% right. Um, yeah. And it's something that I want to do. And in theory, you can beat that game. I could add that to the list this year. I never got uh, – what's the name? KK do the dog? You gotta get him to come to your island and have a oh, concert, and that's yeah, like and then GG. you get the fucking credits. Yeah. yeah, so I could technically go back and play that, but there's so much more shit on the list to do this year, and I don't know. For sure, it's an, I, and to tell you the truth, because we were just talking about it, I never beat Ganon and Breath of the Wild. <laughs> I played yeah. the shit out of it, hundreds of hours, it's, but I have never beat Ganon. That's wow. another thing Ever. I haven't done either. Yeah, so I can go back and beat that as another game this year for our challenge. I think the only thing I didn't do in my last playthrough of Breath of the Wild was the Korok seeds and finding all the shrines because fuck. there's so many fucking Korok seeds. That? Yeah, dude, there's, there's like over a thousand, right? It's nine hundred. Okay, but like nine hundred or like nine nine nine? No, it's just straight nine hundred. I think. That's such a stupid number. <laughs> it is a dumb number. And then the shrines, I think after you add the DLC in, there's like 150 plus shrines. And I Yeah, I even had the that. fucking DLC, but I've never beat Canon. <laughs> That's crazy. Dude, I god damn it. The fucking shrine with the the you had to use the motion controls to like fucking move the the maze around it. Yeah, that to get the ball through, that made me want to throw my switch through a window. <laughs> that well. made me want to set my shit on fire. I feel like you could use that as an excuse just to go buy a new OLED if you needed to. <laughs> yeah, I could. I could. <laughs> I might. That might. Moving on. Yeah. Moving on. Who's going next? Um, uh. Well. Uh, yeah, don't don't do me because I got the one. <laughs> well, I was going to say, do you, you want to do yours? Because I have one that'll tie into that. I think. Oh. Okay. Hold on. Okay. I don't know which one will tie into it, but okay. Um, so 
mine is that microtransactions aren't as bad as they're perceived to be. I feel like they're here to stay. And yeah, we all wish they weren't. And they would instead, you know, invest that same energy into creating like actual in-game content, not behind a paywall, Mm -hmm. but this makes the money. And uh, Fortnite, as much as I hate the game, does it right. It's a free game that much is, you know, very obvious, but, but what's behind a paywall are the skins. And of course the battle pass, but that's another thing. Um, but the skin skins don't do shit in that game to enhance your gameplay. And it's only cosmetic. Yep. So when you buy these skins, you literally know the only thing changing is your appearance. You made the choice to look neat. (laughs) (laughs) So, Those kind of microtransactions, like, that's not a bad thing. I don't feel like that's like, you know exactly what you're doing. You know exactly what you're buying. But on the counter side of this, I see like Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Yeah. It's, it has skins and packs that give you armor, weapons, and like different mounts and stuff. And they do enhance your gameplay. They make you look fucking awesome. But they're also like heavily increasing stats. And you can like increase this armor's attributes and you can make it bomb as fuck and um if you look like further into the game though there are very few armor pieces that do that or do what those sets do at least and next to none look like them so ubisoft should be putting this stuff into the actual game as well i totally agree with that and i will like that's something i will state above all else is that they should be doing this from the get-go but if it's not in the game and they'll fucking let me pay for it i'm going to because it's there and i want to look fucking rad so it's it's like i understand the side of they need to be investing the same energy to give you this content from from the start but Mm -hmm. i I want them to do that but if they're not i'm still going to take advantage of the shit that they offer one way or the other um they you don't have to buy it is how i see it so for sure. i know everyone hates that side of it but it's it's there i'm gonna fucking do it i know i like i feel like that's the fair side of it though like aside from from the games that uh have microtransactions that give you like substantial bonuses uh which also to be completely fucking fair in that i don't e- you don't even really see a lot of companies doing that anymore after fucking um EA fumbled the ball with Battlefront 2, making some of the most overpowered fucking characters behind a paywall. Like, yeah, you could grind for fucking hours to unlock them, or you could just yeah, pay uh, 20 bucks and get all yeah, of them. Yeah, right there's now. a side that that's... I don't want it to be predatory. Like, you can yeah, put microtransactions sure. in your game, but you need to draw a fucking line. Like, that needs to be established, like, as just a, just a you know, a standard for the mm-hmm. whole entire industry. Like for sure. Yeah. Fine. Microtransactions. They're here. We get it. You know, they make you money, but don't be fucking assholes about it. Like I'm hearing Pokemon, the new, what's it called? Unite. Yeah. Like they have a ton of microtransactions that you can have fun with the game. But the second you start to use these things that, you know, you can buy through Pokemon Unite, you're winning more games because yep. they are genuinely game. That's pre- like that's almost predatory. It's like, hey, you can pay to be good. That's literally pay to win. That was a whole Reddit article today yeah. that I read. It's fucking that seems awful. Those kind of microtransactions. No, but like but cosmetics like and stuff. Cosmetic. And, who cares? Yeah. You it's, know what I mean? And, 
Those aren't bad. And I don't, maybe that's what people, you know, they don't have a problem with. I see a lot of people having an issue with, and I'm, I'm just using Valhalla as an example, but like that kind of stuff too. content that you should be getting in these games already. Like you're paying such a high price, especially now that games are going up even more. Mm-hmm. Um, these microtransactions have a question mark on them because it's like, shouldn't this like really badass armor set be hidden behind some content somewhere in the game? You know, why do I have to pay to have it? But I get that argument, but it's there. So I'm going to fucking buy it. My thing is like, like kind of like what you said, like if you want to get pressed about, uh, uh, microtransactions that give you substantial in game bonuses that actually affect your gameplay, that's fine because that's fucking awful and that shouldn't be a thing in the first place. Right. And oh. Battlefront really kind of had that first initial yeah. fire oh, behind no. it. That was awful. But now with, you know, Unite, what Pokemon's doing, it's the same shit. But, like, if you're going to get pressed over microtransactions that just unlock a skin, like, just say you're broke, dude. Move on. Just say that. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Josh, um, I think I tend to agree with you. Uh, my only thing is that I feel like, and, and this is, this I think is part of like, uh, possibly a larger conversation about like video games and, uh, like bad parenting and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I, I do kind of feel like there are parts of, um, of the loot box like grind and stuff that are yeah. predatory mm-hmm. uh, towards kids for sure. And I, I don't like that. And I'm, uh, the argument against that is, is, you know, the parents, the parents need to like watch their kids more and stuff like that. And I totally agree and understand that or uh, understand and agree. That's mm-hmm. how I should have phrased that. But at the same time, we also can't like sit here and pretend because kids are going to fuck up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. First. Yeah. My nephew did that. My nephew spent $300 on Fortnite. That's, I mean, that is fucked up in itself, but that's not a loot box or a loot box mechanic (laughs) rather. That's, you know exactly what the fuck you're doing, but like, yeah, I'm trying to think of a get like, what kind of game Josh are you thinking of specifically with like loot box predatory behaviors because i'm thinking like even rocket league had some there for a while in terms of getting new cars and shit i feel like Mm -hmm. uh i i would say something like um uh overwatch with because those are literal loot boxes that you're buying yeah like that sort of thing yeah Um, and that does get addicting because it's like man i really want that skin (laughs) yeah yeah exactly the amount of times i've dropped fifty dollars on loot boxes (laughs) yeah yeah, and, especially and, during events. You know, it's it's one of those things that, like, I mean, like I said, it, it it totally falls on the parent for sure. But like, also like, kids have this thing where like, if their friends have something, they also want that something. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, for sure. And, yeah. And we can't like pretend that that's not a thing that happens. Yeah. Or like, you know, <sighs> this is gonna probably uh i don't know like fifa ultimate team and shit like that that kind of stuff is pay to win by its very definition yeah oh yeah you can uh you know play those games without without doing anything you can do that 
you'll just be terrible at the game and like forever. You know, that's I. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. That was a good one. Ult- Ultimate Team is uh, pretty, pretty just shitty overall. I feel like, yeah. like I thought the concept was cool when it first you know, originated, but now that's a money hole. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, um, so what does that flow into? So that flows into EA and Activision aren't the bad guys uh, because you are oh. the ones who buy their games every fucking year. Yeah, I didn't even see that one until you said that. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one because I'm right fucking there with that. you. I just, I don't understand the people who were like, uh, you know, like, uh, they just released a, a, a Call of Duty every year, like, <laughs> or like... This is not you at all because you don't play Call of Duty. So, like, you, you, this is uh, – I, I, I don't want you to, uh, like, take this the wrong way, Dylan. But the people who are like, why did I'm they offended. Take, <laughs> why did they take Toys for Bob off of, uh, of Spyro? Why couldn't they have had them do another, you know, whatever? Or not even a Spyro. Okay, but it, that is me, though. <laughs> no, 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 that's totally you. But I, what I'm saying, you don't play Call of Duty, so this right. doesn't count towards you. But there are people who play Call of Duty and also really love Spyro, and like they they took them off of Spyro and Crash because you guys didn't buy those games, but you bought Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you, you can't sit here and 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 pretend that you care enough to say something, but you spend your money on for sure on that shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Or it's the people who are like, Oh, EA ruined mass effect. Okay. I mean, did they, or did massive, I mean, did, um, Bioware just kind of fucking drop shit the the bed. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it doesn't even matter because you're going to buy the next mass effect. Like you're, Mm -hmm. if you really cared at all, maybe don't give your money to these companies like I but feel like me that and fucking pokemon a lot dude of franchises too. yeah yeah because i'm kind of the same way with cod like i like i've played every cod game that's come out like for the last three or four iterations and i still fucking complain about them but i haven't bought any of them i got all these through other shit i i didn't buy any of these and uh i that's one of those franchises that, like, that along with Assassin's Creed started to feel such lackluster because it was like, if you, it, it, to me, it felt like if I didn't buy it at launch, you know, fucking the next year rolls around, we get into like March or April, and I'm like, well, fuck, should I even buy this? Because if I just wait till fucking October or November, there's going to be a fucking another one. So, like, does it even yeah. matter? And I feel like those franchises just, they kind of doled themselves out by just oversaturating the market so much with themselves. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and like and like a lot. and we still we still buy them every mm-hmm. fucking year. And like yep. if you don't want a new Assassin's Creed every year, maybe Stop don't buy it. Assassin's Creed or mm. Call of Duty or Battlefield or whatever the fuck it is. For like sure. I I feel like a lot of people like want to blame these companies for the thing, but like you are giving them the money that tells them that they need to continue to do this. Mm-hmm. Big facts. I don't know. Um, and I mean that, and the way I see that tying into loot boxes, people are like, well, EA shouldn't, uh, you know, 
continue to do loot boxes because it's predatory and blah. Like, bitch, you're the one buying the loot boxes. You're telling <laughs> yeah. EA that Straight this is okay. <laughs> like, if you don't like it, stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I feel like, I wonder if those will be the hottest takes of these hot takes. I think probably I have one more that's really hot. Yeah. Okay. Is it the top one? Hot. Uh no, that that one actually I think isn't the hottest. Uh, I don't even. I kind of almost don't even know why I put it on here. <laughs> oh, okay. I really don't I think that that it is a hot take. I really don't. Um, yeah, we can get into that if. Uh, yeah, let's jump into it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Last of Us Two is not a masterpiece, and it's not a zero out of ten thing. Uh, stop saying that it is. Period. <laughs> like. <laughs> It's a good. It's not like I just feel like you were pointing your finger at the entire world and were like, "Just stop, just, just fucking don't do it." <laughs> I, because I, it it is. I I mean, I feel like there are a lot of people who are like just genuinely mm-hmm. silent people who are like, "Yeah, it was a good game." Yeah, <laughs> and everybody else. Everyone else, like it's probably like eighty percent are those people, and the final twenty two or twenty percent are divided into ten percent. It's the best game that's ever been made. It's a ten out of ten masterpiece, and uh, you need to treat it as such. Or <laughs> the people who are like, it's zero out of ten. It's stupid. Don't you don't play this game. Yeah, you know what I mean. It, it's one of those two. It sucks because like I like it. It's not a franchise that I give a shit about. Like I, I almost put one, uh, one on here that I took off because I just didn't feel like arguing it. And uh, that's that. I don't think the first game is a masterpiece. I, I don't think it's that good at all. Um, now but, that that is a hot take, also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I took it off because I was like, I, I don't have the energy to argue that one. Um, but like, uh, it, it sucks because like there are social media influencers and like content creators who who have openly talked about like, hey, like I really fucking like this game, and uh, they end up just getting fucking trashed like all over social media. People just dogging the shit out of them because they're like, oh, you're just uh, you're just supporting the agenda, and I'm like, what fucking agenda? Like, what what are you guys even fucking going on about? The SJW agenda, bro. Oh god, like uh. Um, <laughs> Girlfriend reviews, when they did their Last of Us Part 2 review, uh, they got fucking bombed with, like, all kinds of nasty shit simply because they said they liked the fucking game. And uh, they, I remember seeing them talk about it on Twitter the other day. It's gotten so bad that, like, uh, there, there's a whole subreddit dedicated to just royally shitting all over this fucking game. And uh, Girlfriend Reviews is, like, constantly brought up on there for how much they talk the game up, even though it's a hot, steaming pile of trash. And, like, people started sending them death threats. Uh, One guy posted a screenshot of – or a fake screenshot that he clearly photoshopped of them, of, like, Girlfriend Reviews sending him a death threat just because he said he didn't like the game. And it's, like, shit like that. And then you had the whole review bombing bullshit. And it's just, like, why are you so pressed, bro? Like – who cares? <laughs> Who cares? It's not that serious. It's not that serious that you got to threaten to kill somebody in their entire family just because they said they enjoyed the game. Yeah. But the same can be said for the said for the fucking flip side of the argument too. You don't have to fucking jump down somebody's throat just because they said they didn't like it. For sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's bad people on both sides of the argument. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I think that the people who are on the extremes of the opinion on The Last of Us 2 are just a bunch of idiots. I really yeah. do. And like, like just get over it. <laughs> like, I, and I know that I said like that I I you know, your opinion is valid or whatever. On this one, I kind of don't because I think that everyone here in in both camps, the the 10 out of 10 and the uh the 0 out of 10 are the most toxic motherfuckers on oh, for like sure anything if you don't think that the that the last of us 2 is like game changing like like industry evolving yeah yeah like i if you don't think it is the greatest thing since sliced bread then then they want to just pummel you into oblivion and i'm like no sorry no no i can get behind that um i feel that so yeah uh Austin. Speaking of toxic fans, <laughs> I so I don't know how Dylan's gonna feel about this, but I I don't think Sword and Shield or Pokemon Sword and Shield are anywhere near as bad as the internet has given them credit for. I think that those games are a really solid step moving forward on the Switch, and I I, I don't think they get the praise it fucking honestly kind of deserves. Um And usually when people talk about, Jesus fucking Christ, usually when people talk about how shitty these games are, the only two things they even remotely try to mention are the graphics and uh, the difficulty. Well, here's the thing. If you look at any Pokemon game ever, they have never looked that good. None of them have ever been like top tier performing graphics on the console that they came out on. None of them. There are better Game Boy games that look better than Pokemon does. There are DS games that look better than Pokemon does. So no fucking shock. There were going to be Switch games that look better than Pokemon does. That's just never... I feel like Pokemon has always uh, captivated people the same way it always has. It's it's mechanics and it's storytelling, even though that they've gotten worse. But, you know, whatever. That's a whole other conversation. But I, I genuinely feel like complaining about the graphics in this game is just... Like, I don't really feel like there's a real argument there. I mean, they could have been better because there are game, Switch games that look f- so much better. But, like, that's never been Pokemon's kind of catch. You know what I mean? Like, does that make sense? That's yeah. never been what they've really gone for. Um, and then again, when it comes to difficulty, like, I hate to fucking say it, bro. Like, you're not the target audience anymore. Like these games, like Pokemon games have never been incredibly hard. I would say except for maybe generation one because of how broken, buggy and unbalanced generation one actually kind of was. I could see how that game would be difficult even to like an older fan. But like anything else that's come after that, dude, they've never been all that fucking challenging. They never have. They've always had the underlying, you know, competitive mechanics and like the IVs and stuff like that. But like, don't, like, those are for the adult players that want something more out of it. But as far as, like, the main game goes, these games are literally made for 10-year-olds. You you don't get to sit there and be a 35-year-old and complain that the game's too easy when you know goddamn well this game was not made with your demographic in mind. Yeah. So that's my hot take on that. Um, I think you're wrong. Well, <laughs> Dylan, well... I mean, okay... They weren't as... When we did our episode, we ranked these pretty fucking low on the list. Oh, they're still pretty low. 
Yes. And are they as bad? Yeah, because, I mean, the whole graphical thing, it just bothers me because they could have put more time and effort into it. There are games that came out before this on the Switch that looked Mm -hmm. so much better. But then we get this, and it's like, this is the highest grossing franchise in the world. Oh, for sure. Backed by fucking Nintendo. So where were the resources and time spent crafting what would be your... I mean, like, it's like a landmark game for them coming out on the Switch for the first time. I was completely disappointed in what they delivered in terms of graphics for the most part. I will say it was a beautiful game. I enjoyed the aesthetics. I enjoyed the countryside. I enjoyed a lot of the areas like the fungal forest and where the that one, the fairy gym was, was fucking beautiful. I loved every bit of it, Mm -hmm. but it could have been more. I feel like what we're about to get in uh november or whenever it's coming out is going to be a lot better than that and it's almost sad because it's reverting back to a previous graphical style but it just looked better and more smooth and detailed for what it is it's like i wish that we could have had that same energy put into sword and shield Mm -hmm. i like the games i will always love pokemon probably wherever it goes for the most part if they don't fuck up probably Mm. (laughs) but I can at least call out their fuck-ups. And the graphic thing really, like I said, it, it is what it is. But I don't like the hand-holdy nature that it had. In terms of just the, I wish so fucking much, man, if they're going to do that, give us a way to turn the EXP share off. Oh, for sure. Or, or give us like a veteran mode where we don't have to have that shit. I don't know how to do it. It's not my fucking job. <laughs> Billion-dollar company. Go do your fucking shit. Research. But... Yeah, and uh, another thing that I that I try to keep in mind when I think about these games too is you know people people always argue well oh well well the game should have just been delayed if they couldn't get it done make it look as good as this or this game or that game in, in this time frame then it should have gotten delayed. What a lot of people fail to realize is like especially with Pokemon games in particular they are very fucking strict about their contracts because the uh, every single one of these games. When they launch, they have to coincide with an anime. They have to coincide with a TCG expansion. They have to coincide with with whatever fucking other merchandise uh, Nintendo and the Pokemon company decide to do that year. Like, Game Freak doesn't get the flexibility that they probably want to have because they have the Pokemon company breathing down their necks. They're like, come on, boys, we got to get these in stockings in two months. Let's fucking, let's get it going. And I think you're right. And I, and I hope that they've learned from Sword and Shield. What Josh said with the fucking... I, I think a lot of that is the fucking consumer's fault. It's its the fans' yeah. fault that every time Nintendo does a fucking Direct, if they don't mention Pokemon, you guys are up in arms and Reddit. <laughs> and like, it's your fault. It's your fault these games come out as quickly as they do. And it's your fault these games are as unpolished as they fucking are. It's the consumer's fault. You're not wrong. And I hope that even still, like, they kind of gained something from Sword and Shield. They saw where they fell short, and it's like, what they can do, like, they know where to go next. Wherever next is, they have a better idea of where to go with it, and in the long run, if they could just have more DLCs planned to give them time to work on other shit, like, going forward, I feel like they could learn something from that, because the two DLCs for what they were, one sucked, one was great. Mm -hmm. I know you like Dial of Armor, but... That's like that's a whole strong word. 
Okay, I, I know you tolerated the Isle of Armor, yeah. but I fucking did not. <laughs> a better way it was, to put it. I yeah, it, it was fucking weak yeah. in that regard to me. Um, fuck, we could do a whole podcast special on that if we wanted to. Jesus Christ. Um, but they did release two DLCs, and it gave them more time to plan for whatever comes next. So, And that's another thing I think Sword and Shield has done phenomenally better is, and there were still people arguing, like, Oh, I'd, I'd rather have the new version. Why? Why would you rather have that? That doesn't make any fucking sense to me. To start all over and do the same shit over again just to get to the two hours of Endgame that you haven't seen before? Like, what? That doesn't make yeah. any fucking sense. I'll take that fucking DLC. I love that model, and I'll continue. And that's another thing, too. Like, I'm talking shit about the consumers when I know for a fact I'm part of the problem because I buy these games every fucking year. Yeah, and we're also a part of the problem in the regard that if Pokemon comes up in this fucking podcast, we're going to go on way too long about it. It's fucking awful. Josh like, just drowns out in the back. Yeah. It's like, I'm just vibing now. He just disassociates. He's like, <laughs> yep, here it goes again. You're not wrong. Most of the listeners are like, oh, son of a bitch. There's one guy in the Discord that's like, yes. But everyone else is like, son of a bitch. <laughs> The one guy yeah. on the Discord that's interested right. in the last 20 minutes of conversation. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Josh. Proceed. It's fine. <laughs> you can have Pokemon. Your show back. <laughs> <laughs> is a thing that people like. It is a franchise that we talk about too much. Um, uh, I mean, I don't know if you talk about it too much. Um, when we talk about it, we talk about it too much. What are, what are your opinions on that opinion, Josh? Uh, I don't like Sword and Shield. Uh, okay. I, I mean, if, if I'm just being brutally honest, I kind of think that those games, they're just, they're Pokemon games. And I, I know, I know, fucking, <laughs> that's, I don't know. I, I don't want to say that's an unpopular opinion, but like, Po- Pokemon games, dude, they haven't changed in how fucking long? And like, this is true. Sure, they're for but, kids. Like, oh, I get it. I just, but you're bothering me because I need to ask you, what would you do to change the franchise? I mean, if I'm being honest, I don't, I don't really know. I don't, I, I okay. don't know what I would change. Like I just know it. that, like, that's what I'm. <laughs> I just know that they're. You not think for what me they're doing anymore. with Arceus is cool? Uh, sure. Like, so that's, I mean, that there's one thing for sure. Like I would love for them to go full on open world breath of the wild style, uh, Pokemon. Mm-hmm. I think that that would be yes. fucking awesome. Like I, that's a game that I would fucking play. You know what I yeah, mean? Right. Like, for sure. But as they stand Until right we now, get there. I'm like, yeah, this is the okay. same game I've been playing for how many years, you know, I, fucking I don't know 20 years 30 years yeah it's been a while man 25 yeah Yeah, 25 right so I mean yeah this year's the 25th I just like I think I said this last episode I think that Final Fantasy is a series that is not meant for me anymore um and I've felt that way about Pokemon for a very long time. I don't think that right. it is a series that is meant for me anymore. Um, and that's fine. It, it sucks for me because I, I do have such a very like 
strong affinity for that series. It's it's one of the one of the reasons that I love RPGs the way that I do. You know, without Pokemon, I don't mm-hmm. I don't know if I still love RPGs. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. yeah. But it's also uh, one of those things that is it's very much a time and place for me, and that time. Is gone. It's not now. Yeah, it's gone. That's fair. So <laughs> wrong, but it's fair. Um. So I only have two more. Uh, one people don't like Xbox, uh, and it's for one of two reasons, and neither of those reasons are that they don't put out good exclusive games because they definitely do. Uh, excuse me. Uh, I think the two reasons that people don't like Xbox is one because they are a f- uh, funded by a massive, massive, massive corporation in Microsoft, and the other is that uh, they are the new kids on the block. Uh, Sony and Nintendo have been around for a very long time, and I think that Sony kind of got the same treatment that Xbox does when they first came out. Uh, to to an extent, like obviously, you know, PS One is one of the best selling consoles of all time. So, um, that's not entirely true, right? Mm-hmm. I, but, um, I think that people give Microsoft shit, uh, and they don't give them shit for the reasons that they probably should. If that makes sense, um, You're right? Like, I think that. Microsoft definitely does have a problem with um, with not uh, having enough uh, f- uh, bankable franchises. I guess would be the way to put it. Yeah. Um, because they they have the big like three or four, and I think that every single one of the games in those three or four are really solid. But mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people give them shit not because of that though i really really do believe that a lot of people just give them shit because they're either new or they're microsoft and i don't think that that's really okay mm-hmm. that's fair yeah. and they're about to explode in what they have with franchises this generation oh 100 f- percent. yeah so that for sure will not be an argument going forward because they're about to just fucking explode yeah i 100 percent agree with that i th- I think that a lot of people uh, are uh, uh, not sipping the Kool-Aid. That's not what I meant to say, but um, <laughs> a lot of people are, are about to have to sip the Kool-Aid. Yeah. You're to throw it in their face. Yeah, because that's just going to be everywhere, man. Like, yep. Xbox is about to be fucking killing it. Yep, I'm excited. Um, I am very excited as someone who has owned every generation of Xbox console and loved Game Pass. <laughs> I'm very excited. Yep, Game Pass is fucking great. You know what I'm? You know what I'm even more excited about? What? Your last? Yeah. Hot. Take. This is this uh, <laughs> the hot take that I think uh, is gonna be maybe the hottest take of all. <laughs> um. I think that Crash Bandicoot is kind of overrated and that Spyro the Dragon is a better series. What? No. No. Why would you possibly I, think that? Why would... I, I? 
That's such a, you know what? I respect it. Yeah. I never thought I would say it, but you know what? It's a, it's an okay game. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. T- t- tell me how you really feel about Spyro. So it's fucking great. <laughs> and the fact that I spent over what hundreds of hours at the beginning of this year, just repetitively playing it, it just shows how accessible and how much fun it is. And fucking crash. Yeah, it's cool, but it doesn't have the same fucking, I don't know. It's like the spiral just gives this like jubilous feeling almost and crash. It feels, uh, if um, it's a fun platformer, that's cool. But Spyro just invokes something else when you play it. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't even think that Crash is a good platformer. I kind of think that Crash sucks. Oh, my God. Uh, the thing about Crash is that, like, the camera angle to me doesn't fucking work. It's supposed to evoke the feeling of the, like, Indiana sure. Jones running from the boulder or whatever. Yep. But, like... It's stiff. I don't like yeah, it. Yeah, it's stiff and it fucking the I really think that the camera angle fucking hurts it a lot because Yes. You, you can't always I like Spyro for how free I feel when doing Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And like I get that you're on a set path in Mario and stuff like that, but like the thing about Mario is you're not always necessarily on a set path. There are secrets everywhere and like alternate routes and all kinds of shit in Mario. Right. But crash, there's none of that. And it's just, it's just crash running at a screen. And I don't think it's very fun. Um, I like crash as a character, but that's about it. I love the Spyro games though. They are, like you said, they feel like they're freeing and like playing like, I love Spyro as a character. Like he's kind of nothing in the first game. I mean, he is, but like he he's kind of a like almost like an audience surrogate. But then once um you know, you get into like 2 and 3, he becomes a full-fledged character and I think that that's fucking great. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's no longer just the the player character from the first game like this dragon has an attitude. He's spunky. Yeah. Uh, and he's got friends and it's really cool to see him connect like that. Um, and I know it's like a completely different tangent, but just, I have to say it. Sly Cooper is, it's fucking tied with Spyro, man. It's very unique in what it does. It's, it's up there for different ways. It's so much better than crash, but it never gets talked about. I think I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. It's. God, like the whole stealth thing on a platformer is fucking fantastic, man. I don't know. I, I wish that would have another remake. Yeah, I I think that uh, if we're if we're talking like mascot platformers for PlayStation, I think that Sly Cooper is probably my favorite. I really, really yes. like those games. It's fantastic, man. And I wish more people talked about him a little more. It's like not even that you have to like just talk about it, like get the get the word circling again because those games deserve to come back at least one more time. I don't want them to be gone forever type of thing. Yeah. I, I agree with you. But yeah, but fuck crash. Fuck crash. (laughs) (laughs) Um, do you have anything to say about that? Austin? I've only ever played one of those games and I've played the first crash and I hated it. And that's all I have. All right, to add so that. that's unanimous. We all hate it. Continue. Fair. 
I, I think I've played maybe like 30 minutes of the first Spyro off the Reignite. And you loved it. It was okay. I'm not really. Alrighty, player. that's better than Crash because you hated it. So continue. <laughs> I'm just, I'm not a platformer guy. They Stop don't, talking they don't. Now you're going to um, say you hate it. All right. I don't know. That's fine. The first Crash I definitely hated Great. more than the first Spyro. Well, I mean. And what we've been playing. <laughs> <laughs> this dude is very hungry. Oh, yeah. I'm fucking starving. But this is part. This part's exciting. Uh, yeah. So what we've been playing. Um, awesome. What have you been playing? What, 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 what have you been up to? Uh, well, uh, I tried out Pokemon Unite because it came out today. And I don't hate it. It's it's very clunky. Um, I don't know. Like it feels. I don't. I don't know if that's just a MOBA thing because I've never played a MOBA before. This is my first ever experience. You never played like League or Dota? No. Oh shit! No, that's kind of crazy. Um, but uh, I, I tried this game out. It's. I think it's very slow. Um, I. I. I don't know. Like I. I don't know why I'm not liking it as much as I feel like I wanted to. Um, I just. I can't really get into it all that much i'm gonna keep trying it to see if i like it a little more i wrote down notes about it to talk about so i'm kind of stalling until i can get to my phone to pull that up (laughs) but yeah like it's kind of what i thought it would be like it's it's okay it's it's fun it can get pretty uh it can get pretty competitive and pretty intense uh but for the most part it's it's kind of slow um battles are made up of five uh 5v5 teams there are wild pokemon around that you got to hit to gain points and you deposit those points in a goal and I think when you reach a certain threshold on that goal, the goal's destroyed. And to my understanding of the game, you destroy all the goals or you have the most points by the end of the time limit and you win. Uh, time limit is 10 minutes, which kind of feels a little long sometimes. Um, different wild Pokemon give you different effects. Like I think if you take out a Dreadnought, it puts a shield over you that lasts for like 15 seconds or a certain amount of hit points. Um, the the roster of starter Pokemon felt balanced i don't i haven't dived into it enough to know if there are significant advantages over one pokemon or the other um i know that first in my experience playing going up against like snorlax and machamp they felt very fucking overpowered like i felt like i was getting thrown against a wall by a snorlax every 10 fucking minutes but then when i played as charizard or even zero aura i felt like i wasn't doing shit like i felt like I, i was using all of the attacks that i could and I, I had all the bonuses that I wanted to have, but like I, I still wasn't fucking doing anything. They felt so fucking weak compared to Snorlax and Machamp. Um, y- you start out with six Pokemon that you can choose from. I don't remember the full roster. I know it's like Cinderace, Charizard, Garchomp. Um, uh, Crustle is a fucking odd choice, but whatever, it's there. Um, there are other Pokemon that you can get through licenses, which you use in-game currency, and I'm assuming you use real money to build up that in-game currency. Uh, it's got all the fucking cosmetics, all the microtransactions that you would expect. But uh, I am kind of worried about the microtransactions here because there are certain held items that you can attach to the Pokemon that you're using. Um, like you can attach a Rocky helmet where if opponent attacks you with a physical move, they take a significant amount of damage. Um, you have leftovers that heals like 15% of you every certain every uh, inc- certain increment of time. I don't remember what it is. But like, and all of those are locked behind either extreme luck or real money paywalls, and that is kind of shitty because it, like we talked about earlier, it feels like very much a pay-to-win situation. Um, I don't know anything about League or Dota because I've never played them, so I don't know if they're kind of similar to that. 
Um, but I I want to like this more than I do, but I'm also having trouble caring all that much about it. I actually forgot it was coming out as recently as it is, mm. or was, did. Um, but I have to put it on the list to play now because... I played a lot of League for a while. Mm-hmm. I wasn't great at it, um, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. That's the that's, I just loved League for what it was, and I loved the lore and everything. But the community was pretty toxic in it, and I feel like it can be that it's way still. for a lot of mobas. Yeah, it totally is. Um, have you? Did you ever play Smite by any chance? No. No. Okay, because that was another one. Um, but yeah, no. It's I'm a fan of at least League and Smite as mobas. I never played Dota. But those were fun, and I enjoyed what they had to offer. So this is something that's unique. I haven't played a multiplayer game on a Switch yet, so that's going to be kind of fun. Yeah, I mean... Well, outside of fucking Animal Crossing. I I do have to give the game some credit, because during all of the matches, um, up in the top left-hand corner, uh, it's actually got like a little meter that tells you how many frames per second you're getting. And uh, what? Yeah, and even in handheld, dude, I I stayed at a consistent twenty nine to thirty the whole time, which oh, is that's disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> for a switch handheld, that's pretty fucking right. Um, but I I haven't played it docked because apparently my dock doesn't fucking work anymore. Don't know what that shit's about, but well, time to go buy an OLED. God, I guess I'm sad because it's the Animal Crossing dock that just yeah. Stopped uh, did you hear the fucking defeat? That was such a fake acting, some bullshit right there. That was, oh, yeah, I guess I'll go buy the new Switch. Like you know, you wanted that shit. <laughs> oh no, I did until I saw the Steam Deck. <laughs> I really wanted to drop that 350 on the OLED. Really? On the Steam Deck. Yeah. I just buy them both. I would rather spend the 400 dollars on the Steam Deck, honestly. You hey, you got a raise. Buy them both. That is true. I did get a raise. <laughs> yep. Look at that. Boom. I just financed yourself right into some happiness. Let's move on. Yep. Let's get it. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, financed into happiness. Jesus. Christ. <laughs> I played this week the... Um, oh, my God. What's the name of it? The Suicide of Rachel Foster. Oh I could not read to save <laughs> my life. Um, yeah. So uh, you're going to love this, Dylan, because it's a walking hey. simulator. Yay. And you now know what that is. <laughs> I have learned a thing. Um, so, yeah. Uh, it's a walking simulator <laughs> developed by 101 Games. Um, and it is about a woman who returns to her family's hotel in the Montana wilderness um, after her mother's death. So then she can take a look at the hotel and gather anything um, that she kind of wants to keep or whatever, and then sell off the rest of the hotel and all of its assets. So uh, basically you walk around the hotel and while you're there, you kind of get embroiled in this mystery um, and you try to figure out uh, what happened to this girl, Rachel Foster. Um, the gameplay is fine. Uh, it's mostly a standard walking sim. Uh, it's, mostly walking around and, uh, and, uh, kind of like, uh, picking up things and looking at things and that sort of deal. And, um, most of that works, but there are, uh, sequences where you have to do more than that. Um, like there is a, a sequence where you have to, uh, I don't know what the hell you would call it, but like, it's like a, uh, a sort of like, um, 
uh, oh, come on. What's the name of the, uh, it's like a, like a radar gun almost, uh, if that makes sense. And you have to, uh, follow a sound around, um, and try to figure out what is causing the sound. And it, I, I felt like the entire time I was looking for the sound, I couldn't figure out where the hell it was coming from. And that annoyed me like supremely because it almost sounded like the, uh, it was coming from like all around you, if that makes sense while you were holding up this little like microphone thing. Uh, and that really kind of annoyed me because it felt like it was just, it was obtuse for literally no reason. Um, so that was a thing. Um, there was also a sequence where you have to, uh, use a flashlight in the darkness that, um, it, like you have to keep pressing the button down, uh, to make the, the flashlight work sort of thing. And, um, that just also really annoyed me, uh, to an extent. Um, it, it wasn't the worst thing, but I mean, it definitely could have been better. Um, but so the, the graphics on this game are pretty cool. They're, uh, they're actually really good for what I assume was an indie studio. Uh, I was kind of impressed to be honest with you. Um, and there are lots of really cool, like attentions to detail, like the magazines in the hotel are of that era. And like, they have little timestamps and stuff like that on them to, to kind of like help, uh, sell that effect, so to speak. And, um, yeah. So I think that, uh, there are lots of really cool and good things about this game. Um, I think that the, the voice acting is pretty good. Uh, and there are some parts that it kind of falls apart. Um, and I really, really fucking like the music. Uh, there's even like some really cool, like, uh, there's like some nods to the shining. Like, uh, for instance, I think it's on the, the first floor. There's some carpet that is literally the carpet right out of the shining there. The entire second floor is green, kind of like room two, three, seven. And then the bathrooms are just completely stark red, just like in, in the shining. Uh, and I think that those little touches are, are really cool for me. Cause you know, I love that movie. Um, and there's actually some really good environmental storytelling. Uh, like I, this is something that I don't remember if I said on the last podcast or if I was talking to someone about this, but I feel like there are a lot of games and studios that get environmental storytelling wrong. And they think that environmental storytelling is just leaving a note and, and then you read that note and then yay, that's storytelling from the environment, but that's not what it is. Like, that's just, that isn't what it is. Environmental storytelling is getting these little hints from the world that you're exploring and they tell the story. Like, you put it together in your head. Like, for instance, in this one, Leonard's room is full of these books and you learn through dialogue that he was a, uh, I think he was an astronomer. 
He might have been a physicist. I don't remember what exactly he was, what science he was. But you see all of these books that are all science related. But then as the story progresses with you learning more about the the mystery that you're involved in and, and all that stuff, you eventually go into his room and you see these books that are more mysticism focused where he was like, reading about ghosts and spirits and religion and stuff like that. And you kind of see his, his, uh, his, his character arc, even though he's not even a character in the game. And I thought that that was really cool. That was really like really good environmental storytelling. Um, I don't remember if I said I really liked the music, but I really like the music. It kind of has like a, a last of us type feel. Um, the thing is, that's kind of where it ends. I think that a lot of those elements are really great. But the game feels like a mix between Firewatch and Gone Home, but not in a good way. It feels almost like it's completely crib- cribbed from those two games in particular. The entire game, you're talking to someone over the radio straight out of Firewatch. I mean, just like ripped right from Firewatch. Gone home, you go to a place where you grew up and and learn a story or like through through like um I don't want to say diary entries, but like but you you learn a story, a, a mystery is solved or whatever. Literally straight out of gone home. And the thing is, is I think those games do it way better and it's because they came first and that kind of sucks. But at the same time, like you ripped straight from these games and the writing in this game is real fucking bad in those games. It's good. Like the game has some of the weirdest and most stilted writing. If any walking simulator I've ever experienced, there are some like really, really weird things wrong with like just the way that people speak in this game. And you know, some of that is explainable, but other parts of it isn't like the beginning of the game after you have your first little sequence, which I love. I really, Josh, I hate to interrupt you, but I will be right back. There's a bird in my house. So I'm going to go take care of that. Oh, go take care of that. Yeah. Um, the opening (laughs) sequence of the game uh, is like you read a letter and then it cuts to a scene where like you're at a funeral or whatever. And it is really visually striking. I, I like, I really loved it. But then the next sequence is a cut scene where you see a car driving up a mountain and it's a weather report. And the weather report doesn't sound anything like an actual weather report. It almost feels like, well, we got to get this uh, bit of exposition out of the way. So let's just put it here. And, like, all right, like, I get it, but also that's bad writing. It's just really bad writing. And some of the dialogue that comes from, uh, I'm trying to think of his name. Uh, I want to say Ivan, but I know that that's not right. Um, anyway, the companion that you have on the on the radio with you, some of his dialogue is really weird and it's explained later, like some of that stuff is explained later, but it in the moment still feels like, oh, oh, OK. Like it, it almost took me out of the experience. And then the plot is also kind of incoherent. 
uh, or at the very least the ending is because the ending of this game, I absolutely fucking hate. I hate the ending of this game. Um, I don't, I don't want to spoil it. So I'm, so I'm not going to, but suffice it to say that the, the mystery that you go on, I don't feel like is solved really well. And is just, there are some plot holes that like, boy, you, you couldn't have, have thought <laughs> this through before you, before you like pinned it down and said, all right, yep, this is what, uh, this is, this is what we're going with. Um, I, yeah, like, like I said, I really love parts of this game. Uh, I like, I, again, I really, really like that opening and I think it is really visually interesting. I like a lot of what this game is doing, uh, that isn't related to the story or some of the mechanics, but like the story just does not work for me at all. Like not even remotely. And that's really because the ending just kills all of it for me. Um, I don't think that the game is bad. Uh, and it really does try to hit on some interesting themes. Uh, sometimes it really doesn't do anything with those themes at all. And that kind of sucks. Um, (laughs) but the ending really ruins this game for me. I think it's $20 on console and maybe 18 on steam. I would recommend picking it up if, if it goes on sale. Um, like maybe if it's like $10 or something like that, I, I don't see a problem with buying it that at that price, but the, I just, this game really left me wanting more. And that was upsetting because I had heard really great things about it. Yeah. So, um, what number of the, what, that is not a hard question to ask. How many games have you completed this year with that now included? Uh, I think that is 10, 10. So he's halfway. God damn son. You are halfway. Well, I have exciting news. I have completed two games this week. Um, and I'm, yes. So, but they were the indie games that I've been talking about. Uh, so the one was Ellie and the ending sucked, but I enjoyed the platforming and everything that the game had to offer. So it's definitely worth the price tag on that one. Um, but cat quest, it's a game that I've been dabbling in just here and there for a long time. And it's not that I didn't take the game seriously. It's just like, I failed to see how much fun it could actually be. It's a top-down action-adventure RPG. And it's a fucking game where you're like a cat that's a knight who's a part of this like dragon blood bloodline or some shit. And it has this really self-aware story. It has a self-aware world that it's being, you know, played out in. It's like it's very aware that it's a cat RPG, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um and it shouldn't deter anyone from playing it because it's fucking hilarious. Like the fourth wall breaking is perfect and the combat is a lot of fun. It has, um, you know, just basic hack and slash combat, but then you can like travel to different parts of the map and buy new spells to use and you can upgrade those spells. You can find tons of armor and weapons and stuff like that, that you can level your stats up with. And it's, it's just a really fun time for what it is. And, 
Um, it, it was so fun that I bought Cat Quest 2 uh, today, actually. And I'm going to just add that to the list of things to play this year because it's really fun for what it is. Um, and for how uh, inexpensive it is, it's uh, a great value. So um, I recommend it. But that's what I've been playing and beat. So that's number two. And then I think I can do two more this week before the next podcast. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yep. Well. So we'll see. Climbing the numbers, boy. Getting getting them numbers up. Yep. I might have been playing a lot at one time, but it's all going to be worth it when I jump up to like four and then six games or whatever. <laughs> uh, so I got when I was looking at the. um, um the images for this game uh, based on uh, or when I was trying to do the, the thumbnail, um, I got really strong Zelda vibes. Is that accurate? Yeah, it's 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 not, but I can see where it comes from. OK, um, there's really like no puzzle mechanics or like even the combat like yes it's there but it's not at the same time like zelda offers so much more whereas this game is just like it doesn't do a lot but what it does it's really good at okay but zelda just has so much more to offer but i could see where that comes from um but i encourage everyone to play it just to to see those differences because visually it kind of like it's reminiscent of that style but no it's it's pretty different for what it is okay cool oh yeah uh i think i've seen this on the switch go and sell several times so this might be something that i uh that i check out yeah the 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 map that you play on is really beautiful man that's worth it cool all right well austin take us home with uh with persona all right um yeah i finally started diving into uh Persona 4 Golden, after everybody I know that's played that franchise has been telling me to play it. Yeah, uh, it's the it best had, one. <laughs> maybe. Um, it, first of all, the, the fucking intro for Persona 4 Golden is Slaps, an absolute dude, trippy so banger. The visuals give me a headache when I'm sober, but when I'm not sober, they're fantastic. Um, so, I'm probably... I think I'm like three... I, most of the playtime I've done, t- I actually did today, and I think I'm probably three, three and a half hours deep. Um, I really like the fucking characters in this game. Like, I, I like how your first interactions with them, they're also upbeat and lively, which is a huge fucking difference from Persona 5. Because, I mean, every main cast member you meet, when you meet them, they're like borderline suicidal and depressed as shit. But all, all these characters are so happy and friendly and upbeat for the most part. Um, and I, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I will play or watch anything that has Johnny Young Bosch in a lead role, even though it's a persona game. So he's more or less a silent protagonist aside from some menu selections. You don't really hear him. Um, but I, I've also been watching the anime like alongside as I've been playing. So you hear him a lot more there. And, um, with, uh, Yusuke being voiced by, uh, uh, Yuri Lowenthal, I just, I think that, I don't know what about that casting combo I think is just so fucking good. Uh, I think they are two of some of the best voice actors in, in the industry. And uh, I first saw them, I, I first heard them work together on uh, uh, Code Geass, and it was great, and I love them for that. Hey, son, thank you for just running in here. You're not supposed to be in here, and you know that. Okay, 
Go, buddy. Go, buddy. They swing the door right open and just run in. Kids, am I right? Um, uh, where was I at? Something about Yuri Lowenthal. And yeah, that's great. I love hearing them voiced in, in fucking anything. Um, I, I, and then I got to the awakenings, like with the protagonist and Yusuke. Um, I haven't gotten to the next character, which I'm assuming is going to be Chie, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that's kind of what it feels like it's leading up to. Um, but I, I like how, cause in persona five, they, when they go into the, the cognitive world, they rip the mask off and then they, they obtain their persona and it was kind of them shedding away the identities that they've kept up for society. Whereas in this game, it's more so of these characters overcoming themselves to receive their persona. And I, I really like that, and I think that's interesting. Um, I like how Persona kind of handles that. It seems like every different game that they do, they, there's different themes, and I, I think that they handle those really fucking well while also tying them in with the uh, uh, Personas awakening themselves. Um, I, I think I love the fucking characters designs. The only thing that I don't like is so far, I am not super crazy about the designs of the personas themselves, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, I feel like persona five, I feel like those personas did a better job at representing the character that they're attached to, um, as opposed to what personas four do. I still like some of the designs. Um, like I, I've seen a couple of them just cause I looked them up online and, uh, like Yukiko's I like a lot. Um, Yusuke's I, I kind of hate, I, I don't know why I just kind of hate that design. And Isanagi I think is also really fucking cool looking. Um, but I, I mean, I, I love this game honestly, just as much as I love Persona 5 going into it. So I'm hoping it keeps up. I feel like I'm still always going to like Persona 5 a little bit more just because that's the one that got me into the franchise. But I, I do fucking adore this game as well. Yeah, man, it's good. It's best persona. I need to I'm I'm probably gonna go ahead and pick up fucking persona three before the a physical of that starts to pick up in price more than what I want it to. Yeah, you and your your physicals. Physical Oh, boy. I'm sorry, I can't buy digital for a PS two. <laughs> I would if I could. Old PS2 games are a little too expensive now. Well, I I'm pretty sure that that's not even the best way to play that game. Uh, I've only really? played it on the I believe I played it on the PS2, but um, it's my understanding that uh, the FES edition is the yeah. way to play that game. And um, the FES edition released later on PS2. They had the portable version for the PSP. That's that's actually the one that I played. Oh, the PSP version? Yeah. Yeah, I know I know they, they released two versions on the PS2, the, its initial, and then I guess the definitive for Persona 3, which I guess is the FES edition, but I don't know what the difference is between the portable one. Yeah, I'd like to snag that, but you know, fuck, dude, hey, we try to buy a PSP now. Jesus fucking Christ. I don't, I'm not made of that kind of money. I ain't made of that money. I wish I was. Well... All right. Well, uh, Dylan's a hungry boy, so let's uh, get our picks of the week and get hey, wrap it up. Wrap it up. Uh, my pick of the week is from a uh, YouTuber known as Breadsword, um, and it's a video called Gurn Login and Getting It." And uh, mm. 
he uh, it's basically a guy who talks about Gurren and everything that kind of like led into that series becoming a thing, uh, including mm-hmm. some uh, ties to Neon Genesis uh, Evangelion. And um, uh, there were things in here that I did not know, which was really fucking cool. Like, I didn't know that Gynax was the studio behind both, um, mm-hmm. which uh, now that I know, I think is really cool and I can totally see it. Uh, but, um, yeah, uh, really good video, um, hits some emotional beats, uh, it's good, it's good video, I like it. Hell yeah, I didn't put a fucking thing down, did I? Nope. I think I forgot to do that again. Well, anyway, my pick of the week is a little album called Hybrid Theory from Linkin Park. I, uh... Today is the anniversary of uh, Chester Bennington's suicide, and so that's why I was listening to it today. I was putting myself in my feels. Uh, I enjoy this fucking album. This is uh, I, I don't know if there I don't know if people hate this album or not, but I I think it's a great fucking album. This is one of those that it was kind. It, uh, this along with uh, Does This Look Infected were were two of my first uh, albums into that kind of side of rock music, and uh, yeah, I love him. It's a fantastic fucking album, I think. Very cool. All right, take us home, Dylan. Well, mine's easy. I said it at the beginning of the podcast. 100 Foot Wave, fantastic show. Give it a watch. Oh, okay. Awesome. I definitely plan on doing that. Yep. All right. Well, uh... Shit. As always, you can find us on social media for all things Culture Pop, Honey Pixels, and the Culture Pop family of content. Um, Culture Bop is available on Twitter at Culture underscore Bop, on Instagram at Culture underscore Bop, on Facebook at The Culture Bop, and on YouTube. Search Culture Bop. Um, Hunting Pixels, this Twitter or this this podcast, not this Twitter, is available on Twitter at Pixels Hunting and on Instagram at Hunting underscore Pixels CB. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Bebopman182 or no, at the Bebopman182. Sorry. Uh, on Instagram at Bebopman182 and on Twitch at the underscore Bebopman. I will be streaming there again soon. I promise. Just got uh, some things, some other things on my plate at the moment. So, um, yep. You can find Mr. Dizzle My Whistle on Twitter at Owen Busy on this. Never, ever. <laughs> Dizzle My Whistle. Dizzle His Whistle. Do it. Wow. Yep. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, you can find him on Twitter, OMDizzy on Instagram, OMDizzy on Twitch, at OMDizzy, and on the YouTubes at OMDizzy, where I think he's about to start putting out some stuff. Um, we'll see. We'll see how how that goes, if he if he still wants to do it, if he likes it. Uh, <coughs> and you can find Austin on... <laughs> you can find Austin on Twitter, at Big Papa Plays, on Instagram, at Big Papa Stevens underscore, or at Big Papa Plays, on Twitch, at Big Papa Plays, and on TikTok, at Big Papa, please. Uh, Twitch might actually be coming back. And Twitch might be coming back. We'll see. 
Um, Maybe. I have time this weekend, so I might. that might be what my time is used for. Fair enough. No, honestly. All right. Well, uh, that is it. That is the end of our show. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I'm going to end this episode by doing the same thing that I asked uh, last week. Uh, if you like this show, tell a friend about us. Uh, it would be much appreciated and we'll get our name out there and help get more people in this discord not like we need it the discord is popping discord is popping um but yeah that's it that's the end of our show we're gonna get out of here so dylan can eat uh and until next time goodbye